184 people. That is how many died in BC in the month of June due to the toxic drug supply. That's according to the latest numbers from the BC Coroner's Service, which came out late last week. This year, the total number so far is more than 1,200 people. And it does feel like no matter what we do or what we try, the numbers just keep climbing. Now, the chief coroner in this province blames illicit fentanyl as the main culprit and that it's affecting cities big and small right across the province. It's the reason why we're even experimenting with a safe drug supply. And that was very controversial when the discussions first started trying to bring in that system. And there were some places around the world that kind of BC looked to for examples. One of the places was in Oregon, where they have also been doing this, having a safe, regulated drug supply, doing it for a few years now. So ahead of BC, for sure. But is it everything it is supposed to be? Is it really achieving the goals that we are trying to achieve? And that is cutting down on those overdose numbers, using this as a way of harm reduction. Does it actually work? Well, joining us now to talk more about this is Jim Hinch, which is, uh, Jim's a journalist on drug policy and social issues featured in the Atlantic magazine. Jim, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks. So I know you've been looking into Oregon. So what is it like there in Oregon? What do they do? Uh, what Oregon did is uh, in late 2020, they adopted a ballot measure that um, removed uh, criminal penalties from possession of small personal amounts of uh, all drugs. Uh, so people who are uh, uh, caught uh, possessing drugs um, are not uh, arrested and taken to jail. Instead, they're issued a $100 ticket similar to getting a traffic ticket, and they can get the fine waived by calling a uh, toll-free number and getting some counseling, maybe a referral to local uh, treatment programs. Um, And then they also uh, diverted a great uh, cannabis tax money toward uh, funding uh, a uh, kind of more comprehensive statewide network of uh, treatment, housing, and uh, other services for people who use drugs. Okay, now that all sounds ideal. It's obviously goals that BC would like to have here as well. But the question that we have, Jim, is like when you look into it, does it work? Is it making a difference? I think the answer in Oregon is that so far it's not. But I think also at the same time, a lot of people are saying it might be a little too soon to tell in Oregon. And that's for two reasons. One, there was the confounding factor of the pandemic, which kind of... uh, threw a wrench into everything. Um, and also there were acknowledged flaws in how the measure was uh, rolled out, especially in how uh, funds were uh, distributed to treatment and housing programs and so forth. Um, some of those flaws now are being corrected. There was new legislation uh, passed just earlier this year that strengthened state uh, oversight of funding and um, it was an effort to streamline getting that money uh, out to uh, treatment programs and so forth. Um, and so I think supporters of the law are saying, uh, check back in in a year, in a couple of years, and we might be seeing that we're having a more positive uh, result. But so far, the results have not been encouraging in uh, Oregon, which has uh, recorded one of the sharpest rises in overdose rates uh, in the United States over the last uh, year and a half to two years. 
Now, the other part of that is also that, you know, if you get one of those tickets, you can get it waived, as, as you said, if you call a number and, and then you can go to treatment. But what happens if people don't pay the ticket and they don't call the number? Like, is there any follow-up? I think that's sort of another acknowledged uh, flaw with the measure is that the short answer to that question is uh, no, there isn't. Um, many police agencies in the state really have not made it a high priority to issue the tickets because they feel like there's no uh, point to it. They already feel stretched um, in their uh, resources and they just don't think that's a good use of their time to issue tickets that they know that the drug users probably are not going to pay a lot of attention to um, and that they know there's really not going to be any kind of uh, further consequence for not uh, paying the fine. In fact, I think the implementing legislation for Measure uh, 110, which is the ballot measure that uh, decriminalized drugs in Oregon, the implementing legislation specifically prohibited courts from imposing a penalty if somebody who gets a ticket does not show up in court to contest uh, the fine. So, no, I think there's an emerging consensus, maybe, that some kind of enforcement mechanism needs to be beefed up, uh, maybe not uh, criminal penalties, but that, there, but that the state maybe needs to come up with some way to encourage drug users to seek treatment, to make it easier for them to find local uh, treatment resources, and for there to be some kind of system to make sure that they do and follow up. Now, Jim, what do you get a sense of when it comes to the public's patience for this? Do they feel like, okay, we'll still wait it out for another couple of years, or is patience running thinner? It's a little bit difficult uh, to tell. Certainly, the poll results, public opinion seems to be shifting. Um, I think as recently as the middle of last year, um, a poll was done. Now, this was a poll that was done by an organization that I think is broadly in support of the goals of Measure 110. So it might not be considered an entirely uh, nonpartisan poll. But nevertheless, um, it found that public support for Measure 110 uh remained pretty high. But then earlier this year, um, a poll was done by a nonpartisan polling organization, which really found that public opinion had shifted quite uh, far. I think um, a bare majority of Oregon voters now, I believe the wording in the poll was, thinks that Measure 110, quote, was a mistake. Um, And um, an even larger majority, you know, somewhere like uh, 60% of voters or so believe that Measure 110 has made problems, has made uh, drug problems in the state worse, made uh, crime problems in the state worse, and has made um, the problem of homelessness in the state worse. Now, obviously, those are voters' impressions. That's not to say that the measure is actually doing those things, but that is what voters are telling um, uh, poll takers that uh, they are seeing and thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, w- so I would say, at least according to that poll, yes, public opinion is swinging. Obviously, um, I talked to a lot of people for the story that I uh, reported, and um, I encountered a wide range of views. There certainly are people in Oregon who um, remain strongly supportive of Measure 110. I think broadly in the state, people are uncomfortable with the idea of imposing harsh criminal penalties on people who use drugs. Um, they very much want a treatment-centered uh, focus to work, but they're not sure if the mechanisms that were, uh, I guess, uh, enacted in Measure 110 are currently working. And they're thinking that maybe something needs to change, but they're not quite sure what yet. 
Oh, I think we can sympathize with that in BC. Jim, thanks for your time. Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much.